Hi, I'm Melanie Patterson from Christchurch in New Zealand. Doe Prinsker from Pretoria. Anandredi from India. Sue Crawford from Peter Maritzburg. Patrick Miner from Nairobi, Kenya. Krizal Roberts from Standerton and Mpumbalanga. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. Christine from Cape Town in South Africa. And you're listening to Ride with Coach Perry. Welcome on to this edition of Ride with Coach Parry. I'm Brad Brown. With me, we've got our cycling coach, Devlin Eden, once again. Devlin, welcome back. Nice to catch up. Hi, Brad. Good to be here. Thanks. Dev, as we are recording this, uh, it's just just under three months to go to uh, Cycle Challenge Sunday. We're talking the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge, the second biggest time cycling event on the planet uh, it's such an incredible event to be part of, and uh, it's pretty daunting. I think, uh, particularly for someone who hasn't been around cycling, to think, "Gee, what what happens on race day? How do I stay safe?" Because that is a is a big concern for for a lot of people. And it's it, as much as it is a fun day out. There's certain things that we as individual cyclists can do on race day that can not only ensure that that we're safe, but also the cyclists around us. It's not just about us. We've got to make sure that that our actions don't impact others on race day. And that's what we wanted to chat uh, about today was staying safe during the race and some of the things you can do now to make sure that come race day you are in tip-top shape and you are, are pretty comfortable as being part of of that big race on, on on the day itself david it is quite daunting i mean if you think about how many cyclists take to the streets yes they're not all sort of let off at one go that would be absolute chaos uh i'd pay good money to see that though but uh <laughs> it, with the starting batches it does sort of uh feed thing or feed these groups onto the road slightly slower but there are still still concerns safety is a is a big issue on race day yes it really is and look you it thins out the crowd really well with as you mentioned the batches you start off at the point of the race where you get onto the m1 highway quite soon enough so again it it, it flows quite well and there's plenty of space to ride on it's not that you're necessarily on narrow little roads but yes as you mentioned there's thousands upon thousands of riders along route you faster than some riders, slower than other riders. So it is just it is important to have a bit of a know-how on group riding, whether you're actually sitting in a group or just riding with people around you in general. Absolutely. Well, let's get into those sort of group things. If you missed our previous podcast, we were talking about who can ride the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge. Entries are still open, by the way, till the 31st of August. So make sure you get your entry in now. If you're still in two minds, whether this is for you, go back and listen to the previous podcast. I think it'll, if you're sitting on the fence, it'll definitely uh, push you over the edge and, and get you fired up to, to ride this thing. But Dev, let's talk about riding in groups because on on race day I, I find a lot of people do their training you've got three months pretty much now to to race day and and they tend to ride on their own and as soon as they get into the the sort of race day environment they almost get freaked out a bit because there's so many people around them and now's the time to actually get used to in get used to not just riding in a group but being comfortable in a group exactly that and you, you've touched on it again you can go out to the cradle wherever you might do your training rides, and more often than not, you're doing it on your own or maybe with a training buddy. Um, but I think it's getting comfortable, as you've mentioned, with people around you and group riding in particular. And I think the, the easiest way of doing that and, and getting used to that is finding a cycling club, joining either joining a club or just joining their, their art rides. A lot of the cycling stores, um, their clubs go out in the week, over weekends, what have you. 
And I think that is just the easiest way. And you don't always necessarily have to join their club. You, you're welcome to more often than not join the group rides. It's a very social type event. They've also got groups that will go out on different strengths. So you'll have your A group riders, B group riders, and so on. So you don't necessarily need to, to panic and sort of have that daunting feeling about, okay, but if you're riding in a group, will you be able to keep up with the group? More often than not, there is someone that's going to match your strength. But I think from a just getting comfortable with a skill set of having people around you, keeping your bike straight, keeping upright, cornering, um, knowing how to look up the road when there's other riders around you and right in front of you, slipstreaming, those are the kind of skills that it is important if you haven't if you're not comfortable and you haven't had a chance to do that, come race day, you're going to struggle a little bit and find the race and event more daunting and be more stressed out than actually enjoy race day itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you mentioned slipstreaming and that sort of thing. If you can get into a group on, on race day itself, being in that sort of environment where you are possibly sitting on someone's wheel and, and getting the benefit of that slipstream, it, it helps at the end of the day from a performance perspective too. And you conserve a lot of energy. Oh, indeed. You you conserve concern a, sorry conserve a lot of energy doing that, um, especially if it is slightly windy on the day um, and you you are shunting a little bit at decent speeds. Also, trying to trying to necessarily chase times and what have you. Uh, finding a group that on race they can be a little bit tricky. So, personally, it's happened to me where you get started, the adrenaline's pumping, you're so excited about the event, and a group comes past you and you tuck in. And before you know it, you've actually gotten with a group that's a little bit ahead of where your strength is. You're pushing a little bit too hard and you flick the matches too early. And later in the ride, you, you actually pay the price. So it is important to, to get a feel. And you'll usually pick it up quite quickly where you get into a group and you'll feel, hang on, these guys are stretching me a little bit and hold back a little bit. Wait for the next group to come past. that might be suited to your speed and your ability a little bit better. So, so from that point, and again, Start a group. There's, there's thousands of guys on the road that don't necessarily know how to get into a group. And you'll see you might be struggling up a climb. You might be struggling with the guy next to you that's in a similar boat. Strike up a conversation and say, hey, why don't we work together? Before you know it, you've got five or six guys on riding behind you, and you guys can help each other for the rest of the race. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're my size, you always find the guys hopping behind you. So uh, <laughs> if you're a slightly 100%. taller or larger cyclist, then uh, yeah, you won't have a problem finding a group. They'll find you. Let's yeah. talk about the awareness of, of other riders. One of the things, too, and, and people will talk about keep your, like, keep your line, don't move off your line. Uh, and you've got to be careful when reaching down for your bottle, drinking, that you don't change your line because if you do veer across the road you are going to uh, potentially cause accidents Let, let's talk about the awareness and, and knowing what's going on around you what sort of hints and tips can you give to people when it comes to that yes indeed look uh, this ties in quite well again to the riding in groups and with club rides and that sort of thing just being able to to know that there's people around you whether it's right in front of you and you're on someone else's back wheel they might be a rider behind you left or right of you be aware of what's happening. Don't get into that tunnel vision and staring at your front wheel without knowing. So where, where this plays a role, and as you say, sort of changing lanes and changing directions and that, it is important you don't want to clip a, a rider's wheel behind you who you haven't even looked to see if he's even there. So it is important to know. And I think another key and where the awareness comes in about who's around you is not only for their safety, but obviously for your safety. And then also, 
heaven forbid you don't necessarily pick up mechanicals on the day. I mean, we touch wood, we don't want that to happen, but it does happen. So if you might have a puncture or a broken chain or even just stopping at water points, for instance, or moving across to water points to grab a sachet out of someone's hand, it's important to know who's around you before you decide to just chop across the road and suddenly stop. Uh, it's happened to me. I've been taken out before with a rider that literally wanted to just pull off on the side of the road. He didn't bother looking and cut across my front wheel and took me off my bike. So you need to know for your own safety and for the safety of the riders around you, what's happening. Is it safe to move across the road? If you do have a mechanical, more often than not, the nice thing about a bike is it can still freewheel. So have a look around you, freewheel off to the side of the road where it's safe and then get off your bike rather than stopping in the middle of the road where you might have groups of riders coming past you at relatively high speed. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and that also sort of rings true if, if you're going to have supporters on the side of the road and you're planning on stopping to see them, sort of chat to them before race day itself and find out more or less where they're going to be. So if they are going to be out uh, in, uh, in uh, along Jan Smuts, for example, and you know more or less, let's say they're going to be in Randburg, and, and chat to them, find out what side of the road they're going to be on. So you can start making your way to that side of the road way before you get there. So it's not a case of all of a sudden, hey, there they are, now I need to hook a left or a, or a right 90 degrees because that is definitely going to cause issues. Dev, you also mentioned in our in our chats before we did this was was be a team player and that's important as much as this is an individual achievement for you there's a whole bunch of other cyclists on that road that you need to look out for and it's also be a team player if someone's struggling uh sort of be the guy who, who encourages taps on the back and says hey keep going buddy because there'll be a time in the race when, when you might need that from someone else it's exactly that and the the whole camaraderie around the cycling uh, I, th- I think that's that's the one draw card to this and doing these mass participation events is the camaraderie and the guys helping each other. We're all in the same boat on the day. So I think help each other out uh, where you can. Obviously, don't sacrifice your own space, for instance, but if there's someone who's got a puncture and you can assist with it, help the guys out. You might need it at the same time. I think another aspect, just sort of touching back on the whole group riding and finding a group as well, with the reference to, to being a team player. And you mentioned that uh, being a bigger, taller rider, for instance, the guys hop on your back wheel, tuck out of the wind. But I think what is important there is do your turn on the front as well. It's, uh, there's nothing more frustrating than you, the one slogging and burning all the energy and the guys aren't willing to help out. And you don't want to be that guy. You want to be getting involved as well, doing your bit on the front in the wind, helping someone else out as well, and they'll return the favor, hopefully, as the day goes on. It just makes for a pleasant experience for everyone. Absolutely. You talk about wind. Let's touch on weather conditions because that does play a part when it comes to to safety, particularly on on race day as well. Uh, It's always a a big talking point in in the sort of final few days leading into into race day at Cycle Challenge Sunday. But uh, again, you can prepare yourself for for whatever the outcome is on race day way, way before race day. Indeed. Um, that's uh, the great thing about it, obviously, having weather forecasts. Um, start monitoring that in the, the week or two leading up. You'll have an indication of what's going to happen uh, weather-wise. Uh, being the high felt, obviously, we can have a, a sudden thunderstorm that springs up later in towards afternoon. Hopefully, we're not all on the bike at that time still. But it does happen and has happened in the past. I think important when I say sort of plan and train accordingly is – don't be scared and don't be a fair-weather cyclist. If you get the opportunity and you've planned a ride and there might be a little bit of a drizzle or it might be a little bit cold in the morning, get out and get used to riding in those conditions. 
again, it just lets you be a little bit more comfortable with, okay, I can ride in the rain. It's not really that bad. But also slippery roads, knowing how to handle your bike in those kind of conditions, I think is, is vital. And at the same time, get used to riding in heat. So more often than not, in order to prepare for this, is get out over lunchtime in summer rather than the early hours of the morning. Just It doesn't have to happen every time, but one or two rides over the weekend where you can get out over lunch, get used to riding in those sort of conditions. But then the key thing to that is preparation. So from a nutrition point of view, making sure that if you are riding in the heat, you're hydrating really well. Uh, and I think that just comes down to planning more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I you talk about being a fair weather cyclist, and and a lot of people will say that uh, you don't get uh, bad weather, you just get bad gear. So let let's talk about sort of gear wise that people can use if if it is slightly colder or, or or slightly wet when when they do head out. Exactly that, and when you say bad gear, I mean there's there's so many different brands out on the market. There's quality stuff that is out. I think it, it does get a little bit tricky again if you you out on the ride. It might be a little bit hot in the morning, and suddenly a thunderstorm comes in. You don't necessarily want to be carrying rain jackets and wind jackets and that sort of stuff with you. So, so that aspect of things, I suppose, gets a little bit tricky from a planning point of view. But again, if you've checked the weather and you know what's going to happen and you know it might be a bit rainy in the morning, you get your wind shells and your rain jackets that, that are relatively waterproof that can keep you warm. If it is cold in the morning, you've got full finger gloves, for instance. So your arm warmers as well, buffs on the head. I think it's important just plan ahead, know what you're going to be expecting. And there's so much art on the market that, and great advice that you'll get from your bike store as well that'll be able to assist you with that. David, then just to, to wrap things up, and we're talking safety, and I think it, it would be a miss if we didn't mention just sort of the safety of being out on the roads and, and, and first of all, avoiding traffic and what we can do as cyclists to make sure that we, we stay safe on the roads, but then also from a, from a crime perspective, unfortunately, it is something we need to talk about. What, what are some of the things, first of all, that cyclists can do to make sure that they're safe during training, and second of all, to stay safe so that they're not getting bike jacked or mugged uh, out on the roads? Look, um, from I'm going to sort of touch on the bike jacking side of things first. I think more importantly, it's relatively well documented at the moment. So over social media, in the newspapers, what have you, there, we are generally quite aware of where the troubled areas might be. And when I say troubled areas, it's not to say that there's completely safe areas of riding. So I think stay away from areas that we know are hotspots for crime Um make sure that you're not necessarily riding alone as well. I think that is more often than not the biggest problem is riders don't, they feel that they can handle themselves. They go out on their own. And before you know it, two guys jump out and they, they're stealing your equipment or heaven forbid, it could even be worse. So I think make sure that you are, you're always going to have safety in numbers. Stay away from the hotspots there more than anything else. And just, just be vigilant, just be alert. And it is quite tricky also when you're on a hard training ride, you're on a climb, you gasping for air and you're not necessarily concentrating, but I think just be vigilant, know what's going on around you more than anything else. From a, a traffic point of view, we are road users, but respect other road users, respect the vehicles as well. There's more often than not, I'm a cyclist, I'm driving in my car and I see cyclists that are three riders a breadth in a single lane road. Have respect for vehicles, motor vehicles, and I just feel that they'll then have the same sort of respect returned to you. So, no, again, know what's happening. Know if it is a busy road. 
to keep it a little bit safer, try and get out earlier and beat the peak hour traffic. Or there's plenty of races, um, sorry, not races, but areas that you can go and ride that are a lot quieter. Something that comes to mind, for instance, and I have mentioned it, is the cradle of humankind. Um, just outside Joburg, there's hardly ever traffic there. There's thousands upon thousands of riders at any given weekend. I think from that point of view, just think about what you're doing. Respect others on the road, and hopefully they'll return that same respect back to you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are going out early, make sure you're visible. Have lights on the front and the back of your bike, uh, really. Just uh, make sure that you, even if you have to dress like a Christmas tree, uh, that uh, vehicles do see you because it's so easy and we all know it uh, when we're driving that it's so easy to miss someone on a bike. Dev, as always, great to catch up. Don't forget, entries are still open. 31st of August, make sure you get your entry in now. If you haven't entered yet, the website to get to is cyclechallenge.co.za. If you're looking for a training program, head over to coachparry.com forward slash start and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review or ratings on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, keep with us. We'll make sure we not only get you to race day, uh, come Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge. Uh, we'll get you there fit and firing, ready to go. But we'll also make sure you leave home or you get home with a medal around your neck uh, afterwards. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown and Devlin Eden, it's cheers. Cheers.